0: Awesome. So we started a series last week called what am I doing? And, um, the, the backstory to that is this, as I told you, um, Jess and I, my wife, we moved back really in the beginning of April and, um, to do this church total faith adventure, we just sort of jumped out of the boat and trusted God and, um, you know, believed that he'd help us walk on water. And, uh, and so we moved back. And in doing that, uh, we moved in with my parents. They live here, um, uh, in Zealand, kind of more like the Borculo side of things. And, um, you know, when you're trusting God with all your heart and what he's called you to do, um, there's these moments of what am I doing? You know, God, I thought you called me to do this and all this kind of stuff. And so as we were looking at the beginning of the year and we were looking at the start of the church, we were like, okay, what, are we, what do we want to say? What do we think is a real value of Vertical Church? And uh, the story kind of goes like this. Um, it was one of those nights where, Uh, We're we're working as hard as we can just tireless hours meeting with people trying to set up how we're gonna launch the church And it was one of those days where just everything goes wrong and um, and so it was really late at night uh, probably getting pretty close to midnight and um, We were driving home and so was my wife and I and then we have a little one-year-old daughter And uh, it was one of those moments where she had a clean diaper. She was fed everything should have been okay But it wasn't okay she's screaming and just upset and we couldn't give her an ipad you know like there was nothing we could do to make her happy um we were setting things on fire in the van just to see if that got her attention like it was so she's screaming and crying it's pouring down rain um again my parents are on the borculo side of things so a farmer had just spread crazy amounts of manure and um So that happens, and uh, we pulled into my parents' place and all this chaos, and it was a rough night um, as we're setting out to start the church. You're trying to make connections, and and a lot of times those connections actually ended up being rejections, and uh, that was one of those nights. And so just crazy frustrated, really long night. We pull into my parents' house, and uh, I back up to where I'm going to park, and I go to put the parking brake in, and it snaps two to the floor. (laughs) And so just another thing goes wrong, and my parents... They have a miniature donkey. And so it's not like a donkey, it's a miniature donkey. And uh, and uh, his name's Maverick. And uh, he'll greet you often when you come in. So it's midnight, and the way that he does is he sticks his head through the wood fence, and he lets out this just terrifying hee-haw. And when you ask your kid, like, what does a donkey say? And you say, hee-haw, that sounds cute. But if you've ever actually heard a donkey hee-haw, it's the most horrible noise you've ever heard in your life. It sounds like murder and other things are taking place. and. Uh, so, I just had this moment where this donkey is on the other side of the fence, hee hawing at me, and, and the rain and the manure smell and the baby crying. And I'm just sitting here going, What am I doing? What am I doing with my life? You know, we left a job where we had health insurance and a good salary and all this kind of stuff. Like, what are we doing now? We live with my parents, and it's okay. And, uh, and they're graceful and great, and, uh, and they've been awesome to us. But I'm in this moment of, What am I doing in my life? And so that causes you to look into scripture and to look at things and say, okay, you know, where is God in this? And where, you know, what, what, what is the story here? And it was amazing how many times in scripture you find people being obedient to God and they find themselves in this, what am I doing moment? They've, followed God. They've trusted God. They're being obedient to him, but they're either facing a red sea or God completely has to come through. They're about to be thrown into the fire. The Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, like, I mean, no, they're going, wait a second, what are we doing right now? But they were walking in obedience. And so this year, as it's a new year, we wanted to start a series that says, you may have a moment that's like, what am I doing? Really, what am I doing? But my encouragement to you is to trust God is to be obedient, is to follow his nudges and where he's leading you and uh, look into the scripture on how you can walk obediently because a lot of times on your road of obedience to what God has for you, there's this what am I doing moment. It's like I said a minute ago, you have this, I'm in the hallway, but I'm almost to my open door. What am I doing in this hallway? And, um, and so last week we looked at Peter um, when, when Jesus said, uh, when he walked on water. So Peter said, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come to you on the water. And so Peter understood that uh, life was supposed to be in its fullest is where, where Jesus is, where God is. So he has this moment of, I'm gonna step out of the boat and go to where God is, where Jesus is. And uh, so he trusts God and gets out of the boat and, uh, and pursues him, but has this moment of what am I doing? And we all know that he sank and, and that. So we talked about that last week, but this week I wanna talk to you specifically about your life and your passions and your gifts. Um, one of the biggest, I guess, tragedies that we have going on is, um, is sort of the trap of complacency um, and isolation. Uh, in our world, you know, we have an iPod and we have an iPad and we have iHome and all, all these things that we have. And I'm not against technology or any of those things. I have those things. But it's very easy for us to live our life with a full DVR with our custom playlist, in our own little bubble, and we keep ourselves very entertained, and at the end of the day, you're very isolated. You're very disconnected from the overall purpose that God has for you. Because busy doesn't necessarily mean effective, right? When you look back at your calendar, it's like, oh man, we had a week, but but was it effective? And uh, and at this year, we do resolutions, and we set all these things, and, and an encouragement to you is, a lot of times, um, we have the biggest gap in the world is between what we know to do and what we actually do. And I think it's the same thing in our walk with God. We, 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 we wanna help in the community and we wanna better our community and we wanna be involved and connected uh, maybe to the local church or to the body of Christ and we wanna help push things forward. But what we know to do and what we actually do, sometimes there can become a gap. And what's interesting that I've found in my life is anytime I'm really frustrated or anytime that I feel like I'm off the mark or I'm hitting the wall, a lot of times I can look at that gap and say, well, I've gotten away from my purpose. You know, so I'm feeling frustrated and I'm stressed. And, was, and then I take a look and it's because I've gotten away from my overall purpose. And so I wanna talk for the next few minutes just about your passion and your gifts and, and how God sees you uh, as a person. And so um, I heard this thought, there's a great teacher named Miles Monroe. He wrote a book on potential and he said this, the richest places in the world are not the oil fields. They're not Wall Street, it's not the gold mines, it's not any kind of diamonds or anything like that. The richest places in the world are actually the graveyards because it's people who went to their graves with books that were never written, songs that were never penned. It was ideas that they never stepped out of the boat and trusted God with. And uh, and so they took all that stuff to their grave and it became the richest places in the world because it had all those ideas. Think about all the great men and women you can look at celebrities or different things like that. Um, think about all the people with incredible potential uh, who died too young because they just let their life get way off track. My passion in my life is that I stay so God-centered that I'm walking in what he called me to do. Somebody say right on. Uh, I was a youth pastor, so I have some of that. Um, so check this out. I love this about Jesus. Jesus, when he died... He said this on the cross, Uh, when he died, does anybody, he said, it is finished. About his life, he didn't just die because he got old. He died and he said, it is finished. What he set out to do was finished. Paul said this about his life. I have finished my course. I have been poured out like a drink offering. My prayer at the end of my life is that I can say, I gave it all. I gave it all. You know, being busy and filling your schedule and all those kind of things, that matters. You know, and it's, it's important to connect and be a part of people. But at the end of the day, we've all heard it said, you know, you don't sit there on your hospital bed and say, boy, I wish I would have went to, wish I would have watched a few more playoff games. Wish I would have went to a few more. No, at the end, you say, I wish I would have invested more in people. I wish I would have loved more. I wish I would have, because that's how God set us out to be. Uh, to, to reach our potential and, and connect. And so my prayer is like Jesus, at the end, we can say, I, we've done it. We've, we've given our best to the things of God. Um, I love this. The scripture says this about our lives. It says that Jesus, God says about us that we, are, we have a, a treasure in this earthen vessel. Who we are is a treasure to God, our potential. No matter where you came from or how you were raised or where you live now or how you live now, the scripture, God says about you that you, are, you have a treasure in this earthen vessel. God, Jesus came to this earth to redeem the times because he wants to help you reach your potential. Uh, I looked up the word potential. Potential is untapped power. So your potential, you right now sitting in this room, you have untapped power in you. Uh, it's dormant ability. So all of you have abilities that's just dormant, waiting inside of you. Uh, it's hidden strength. I love this one. You have unused success in you right now. You have unused success. It's concealed power. Uh, obviously, the the great artist Michelangelo. Um, they all, you know, there's all sorts of writings and different things about him. But um, 44 of his projects, his major projects, he set out to do. Um, 14 of them he actually accomplished. But everybody puts him on a huge pedestal. Um, could you imagine what we would say about him if he was able to finish all that he set out to do? And I think about our Christian lives sometimes. We're kind of like a Michelangelo, you know, the one that's like missing an arm and missing some of its pieces and incomplete. Uh, I hope that's not said about our lives. I hope that as we walk in the things of God and we push forward, uh, I hope that we become a completed work. I hope that we continue to have a passion that says, God, I'm trusting you with my life. I want you to to steer me in the direction that you have for me in life uh, because we want to be a completed work. And what I love about God, and uh, we'll look at some things here in the scripture in a minute, uh, but what I love about God is he created you. Unbelievable. And and, and like literally, who we are as human, our human bodies, they have the potential to achieve so much more than what we actually do. Check this out about your brain. Your brain is roughly uh, three pounds, three pounds. Some of you more, some of you obviously less. Um, But three pounds, it has the ability, and I don't know how you study this, I'm just trusting the internet. I think I read this on Wikipedia, so it's fact. Uh, uh, I read it on Twitter, so we're good. Um, trill- your brain has the ability uh, to store 100 trillion bits of information. Um, your body, your brain, makes 15,000 decisions a second when you eat. And how many know you don't think about eating, right? It's just. But your brain, when you're eating, is making 15,000 decisions a second. Your brain itself is just absolutely incredible. The way that God designed us uh, as humans, it has you can make 15,000 decisions a second. You have the ability to remember 10,000 different odors. You're like, 10,000? I don't even know 10,000. But if I started to say the smell of gasoline, you'd be like, yeah, I remember that. And then upstairs, we have new carpet. So, oh yeah, new carpet. Yesterday, we painted paint. You know, I'm thinking about all these things. Uh, different colognes, different smells, things like that. Uh, Your kid's room, right? If you have a teenager, you know what that (laughs) smells like. Uh, But it has the ability to remember all of these different scents. You have an incredible brain. Um, We were created, our body, um, you know, when you get a cut, what does your body do? It has all of the things that it needs to begin to heal itself, starts to restore itself. And so God created you just absolutely incredible as a human. Uh, He made all sorts of ways for us to be successful on this here, uh, here on earth. Somebody say right on. 1 Thessalonians uh, 4, one says this, Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort you in the Lord that you should abound more, and then it says, and more, just as you receive from us how you ought to walk to please God. And so the scripture here is saying there is no plateau in the things of God. Once you, once you press in and, and you're learning and you're getting to a place, that's great. But then God always wants to stretch you. He always wants to, the scripture says, he wants you to abound more and then abound more and then abound more. And I think where it gets dangerous is when we we get to a place and, you know, maybe we've made some friendships or we've been going to a church for a while or whatever, and we just say, this this is it. This is the God that I know. And we put it in a box and we set it over here and we say, that's it. But the creator of the universe and God, who, who, who has so many incredible things, has so much more to reveal to us and to show us. It's a lot like parenting. Um, how many know when we first got married, uh, was, oh, we're married and we're newlyweds and we know it all. We've grown up. And then you have a kid and your whole world flips. And then you learn all more and you have all these uh, different revelations of life and maturity and all these things. And then it happens again. Uh, you know, later as uh, you have grandkids and you you thought that you had used up all your love. I couldn't possibly love anymore. And then you love your grandkids more than your own kids, right? How many have that? Uh, Yeah, yeah, right. And so that happens. And, um, and And that's what the scripture is talking about here. It's saying that our relationship with God should should be. You know the onion peel. It should just be uh, another layer and another layer and another layer. And um, unfortunately, that's been abused sometimes in church. You know, the preacher gets up there and says, "You ought to be more and do more, and you should be at the church eight days a week." Well, pastor, there's only seven. Well, you should be at eight, make a day. You know, and it's this this growing in God has become this abuse. And uh, and how many are over that? We're over that, right? We're not that. Uh, and and. That's not the point here. The point here is that our revelation and our encounters, and like Jared was saying, our experiences with God, um, should be something that, that we grow in, that we experience. And so I don't think that our time with God uh, should be something really easily calculated, that we just say, well, it's this and it's this, and you put a scripture on it and it's that, um, because the scripture says that there's mysteries of God that we don't know. And uh, theology is very important and we we have theology and we have doctrine and all of that stuff is important and and we hold to that. But if that's it, if we put a checkbox next to theology and we say knowledge of scripture is everything, okay, and now everybody's like, oh my gosh, what is he talking about? What I'm saying is it's about relationship with God. It's about spending time. If all you've done is learned what you know about God, and you don't have a relationship, and you don't pray, and you don't invite them into the things that you're doing, then I think you miss it by a mile, because God has emptied everything to be a part of our lives. Somebody say amen. So uh, we got to be growing and abounding more and more and more, and um, it's important even in life just to continue to grow and grow. Um, They say this about retirement. Um, Those that retire at retirement age and do nothing they tend to pass away a lot earlier than those that retire and travel or plan and do things outside of it. Why? Because you were just created to be abounding more and more and doing more. And so again, that's not a workload thing. I'm not getting up here and saying we need to do more work. But what I'm saying is like, we we have to be constantly growing and those kind of things. Um, I love this stat right here. Check this out. God has incredible plans for every single life. Uh, roughly right now, there's 6.2 billion people in the world. Um, 133,000 were born here in America today. Roughly 133,000 will be born in the United States. Worldwide, around 400,000 will be born today. Uh, There's been 60 billion people roughly born um, since the beginning of time, and nobody has your thumbprint. So you were created with a thumbprint that God cares about. I mean, literally, you're, like, you're, you're, you're marked by God because you're rare and you're valued. And uh, what I love about this is the economists say that our value comes from what's rare. And so if gas or diamonds or whatever, if those things are rare, they're expensive. And so think about your value to God, that he made you a one of a kind. I mean, literally, no one else has your thumbprint. It's because God saw you as rare and as a value. Check this out. 130 octillion things needed to happen from conception to birth. 130 octillion things needed to go right from conception to birth. That number is 130 with 27 zeros behind it. So miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle had to line up for you to be here. And so those days where you say like, I don't know my purpose, I don't get it, I don't understand. You have to know there was somebody working behind the scenes to make sure you made it here. Somebody say amen. You have incredible value to God. And our encouragement as a church is what does it look like? How can we connect with you? What's your story? How can we help push your purpose forward? Because we believe that God is cheering for you. Somebody say amen. I, uh, I'll kind of wrap things up with this. I'm going to have, uh, Jared's going to come play behind us a little bit, but, um, I want to share this with you, uh, as he comes up here and plays, um, and then we'll, uh, we'll kind of wrap it up. But I thought about it like this. Um, the sad thing is this. Statistically, right now in the United States, the number three killer um, in the United States, the number three cause of death is actually suicide. And uh, shocking. You know, If you think about you know car crashes and all the different things that happen um, that, would, that would cause death. But the number three killer in the United States is suicide. And it's because people don't see their value and their potential and their purpose. And uh, we can all relate to those seasons. I'm not saying like, oh, those people, I can't believe it. We all have those of what am I doing? What am I doing? Uh, but more people actually kill themselves than are murdered in the United States. So uh, as far as you know that, there's more. And so it's, it's actually like this really sad epidemic. And um, I thought about it like this. Think about um, I'll tell you a story quick. I was at a youth camp, um, and you'll just kind of have to hear my heart on this. Uh, it's a little actually tough to talk about, but um, we did a youth camp here a few months ago, uh, actually Camp Geneva in Holland, and um, we were kind of in a service like this. And it was with teenagers, and one just so sweet little girl came up to us, uh, came up to me for prayer. We had like a you know we were praying for kids for you know whatever they needed. Sweet little girl came up to me. And she said, uh, just tears, just streaming down her face. And uh, she said, um, I've become a follower of Christ and and I love God and I wanna pursue the things of God. And she's just crying, she said, but it's so hard, so hard to follow God. Uh, And think about that in her school and just all the things that she faces. And she grew up in a home where she didn't really have the support of a Christian home. So she just crying, she just saying, it's so hard to follow God and I wanna do it with all my heart, but it's so hard. And I just thought to myself, this is when we were planting the church, I never want to look a little girl like that again in the eyes who says like, I don't have enough help to follow God or to be connected. So I made it my mission that like my life laid down. I don't ever want to see that again. Another call that we got to Zealand was about seven years ago. Um, Some kids in our youth group, went to Zealand West. They called me about two o'clock in the morning. They said, Pastor Josh, you got to come to the hospital. Of course I freak out. And uh, they said, you got to come to the hospital. Uh, they said a girl was at a party Friday night and she tried to kill herself. And so, like, oh, and they, and so, so proud of our young guys and our group that said, yeah, we got to go there. We got to be there for her. And so I drove from basically pretty much Allendale into Zealand hospital. And um, when I met up with our youth students, we got to the hospital. This young teenage girl was there. And no one was there. Nobody was there. And it had been like 30 minutes. And uh, she's in a room, just attempted suicide, and no one was there for her. And do you know how many churches I passed from there to there? And I just thought, how is this girl unsupported? Like, we're so busy with like our theology and having it right and doing this and being involved with our perfect lives that I think we are missing the cause that God has put within us to reach people and connect with people. Jesus leaving says, go into all the world, the highways and the highways and make disciples. What does that mean? It means connect, it means love, it means encourage. Because we all are so valuable to God. So in our moments of what am I doing? What is my thing? Know this, you have a cause and there's a purpose and there's people that no matter what level you're at, you can connect with them, you can encourage them. This week, some of you uh, gave us letters and, and, and gave us some gifts and encouragements. And I'm telling you, the hardest. Sorry, this is just like all real. So I wish I could have given you like a canned sermon, but you'll never get that from me. <laughs> Somebody say right on. Um, so we've had like our hardest nine months of our life trying to do this because it's terrifying. but your cards and your letters and your encouragement and your gifts. You may think like, oh, no big deal. I shot him a text and said, thank you. That was everything because it was just you connecting with our cause and us connecting with you and getting in the boat, the lifeboat together and saying, let's, let's sail this voyage. Let's do this thing. And uh, so I'm encouraging you, all of you in here, doesn't matter where you came from, what you've been a part of, how you live now, You all have something that God values tremendously, a treasure, he says, in you. And uh, my encouragement, no matter where you come from, today, choose, even though you may feel like, what am I doing? What does this look like? This is crazy. Step out with God, trust God, because he's there to value you. He's there behind you. Um, I'll share this with you. Why don't you all stand, actually, and I'll, I'll share this last part. We'll pray here in just a moment. I I had this thought. I actually think I read it in a book. Um, Please, specifically, like any of you just, you know, this is kind of tugging on your heart. I know there's people specifically in here that need to hear this thought. So you can ignore everything else I said, but hear this. If I were to say to all of you, hey, who wants a $100 bill? You would say, oh, I want a $100 bill. I'll take that. But then if I said, well... It was involved in a drug deal. So that $100 bill is kind of dirty. It was involved in a drug deal. Who still wants that $100 bill? They're like, I'll still take that $100 bill. I'll take that. Well, maybe it was like involved in a hit, you know, and they used that money to have somebody killed or whatever. And you say, oh, my gosh, uh, I'll still take that 100 bucks, though. I can still use that. Uh, and, and you could go on and on about all these different things that the, were awful that the $100 bill was used in. But it's still value. It's still $100. It's still $100. Why? because the creator of that $100 bill has determined the worth. So it doesn't matter where it's been or what it's been through, the creator says, you still have value. So my encouragement to you this morning is, I don't care what your background is, what, and it could be squeaky clean, it could be rough, we all take a broken road. Uh, I love, my favorite picture would be a mosaic picture broken pieces put together to make up something beautiful. And that's what the kingdom of God is. And so my encouragement to you is I don't care your background, your upbringing, whatever, God, your creator calls you valuable. So it doesn't matter your history, what matters is what God says you're worth. And uh, so at this time, if you can just all bow your heads and close your eyes, if you're here this morning, we're not gonna embarrass anybody, we're not gonna have anybody come up front or anything like that, but you're here this morning and you say, Pastor Josh, I would love prayer. Uh, I feel that God is here and he's speaking to me and um, you want prayer uh, and and we're here to do that with you. And uh, specifically what I wanna pray with you about this morning is maybe you've made a connection with Christ and uh, you've accepted him into your life as your Lord and savior and and you've become a Christ follower um, and maybe you've slipped away or maybe you've never had that prayer. You've never prayed the prayer of salvation and connected uh, as a Christ follower. Today, I want to give you that opportunity. The scripture says um, that all who call upon my name shall be saved. If you confess him as Lord and Savior, um, you're a Christ follower. He's come to be a part of your life. And, and um, so with nobody looking around, everybody bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm just gonna pray from up here. But I would like to ask, uh, when I count to three, if you're here and you want prayer, you say, today I'm gonna to make a decision to trust God and to go forward and, uh, and reach my potential. And you want to be a Christ follower. So you wanna pray that prayer of salvation with us. Again, you're not gonna come forward. You'll just stay in your seat. We'll all pray it as a group. But if you're in here and you wanna make that heart connect, you say, today, I wanna to choose to follow God. When I, when I count to three, just raise your hand up and, uh, and we'll pray with you. So uh, one, two, three. If you're in here, see that hand. Anybody else? You say, today, I wanna to make a commitment to follow Christ. I see that hand anyone else you're in a room full of people that are believing in you and encouraging you anybody else I see that hand back there awesome awesome go ahead and put your hands down here's what I would say if you if you didn't have the courage to raise your hand but in your heart you're saying that's me if you pray this prayer out loud which we're all gonna pray together it works the same Uh, I like to see a hand raised because then I can connect with you and and I think it's a step of boldness uh, that God really honors and um, but if you're in your heart, you say, oh, it's me, but I, I couldn't do that, just pray this prayer and it works the same. It's, it's a heart thing with God. And so here's what we're gonna do. Everybody repeat after me when I pray and, um, and then we'll get you some material. So let's all repeat this. Say, God, we love you. We thank you that you believe in us. We thank you that we have a cause. Lord, help us follow you Forgive us of our sins, we choose you today. In Jesus' name.